0: Hey there. Before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about a unique opportunity for you and I to work together one on one. Right now, I am running a beta coaching program for my updated three month coaching package. And this is basically the long way to say free coaching in exchange for your feedback. So, if you're someone who is struggling with PMS, period pain, with fertility challenges, or irregular cycles, then this, my friend, is for you. This could finally be the time for you to understand what is causing your symptoms so they can be a thing of the past, click on the link in the show notes to learn more and sign up. Welcome to I'm Hormonal, your source of information about women's hormone health and how to support your body naturally. I'm your host, Bridget Walton, and I'm a certified functional hormone specialist and menstrual cycle coach. I am on a mission to hold these hormone conversations with as many menstruators as possible because you deserve easier access to accurate information about what's up with your unruly menstrual cycle and with your fertility mysteries. Don't you think it's time that we figure this out once and for all? On today's show, we are gonna be talking about caffeine. I've had a couple of friends talk to me about this recently, some caffeine conversations, and I thought, what better opportunity than to share my thoughts and recommendations about caffeine with you here. So if this is something you're wondering, you've seen articles or posts on social media about, hey, caffeine is good for you, caffeine is bad for you, X, Y, Z, then that's what we're going to get into today. We'll talk, uh, we'll round out the episode with my recommendations for you so that you can take this practical tips and advice and see how it works for you. If this is your first time listening, then hello there. Welcome to I'm Hormonal. I'm glad that you found me. If you have been here before, then welcome back. As you may already know, I started this podcast because I think that we all deserve better access to information that will help us thrive and feel good in our bodies. So my hope is that you're able to do that with the information I share with you today. Really quick, just remember that all the information I share with you today is for informational or educational purposes only. It shouldn't be used as a replacement for any one-on-one support from a certified practitioner. And that being said, if you would like some more specific feedback and support for your hormonal situation, then you can go over to bridgetwalton.com and we can connect there. Let's dive in and I will just cut right to the chase because personally, for me, I try to limit and lower my caffeine intake unless I'm able to use it as a tool, right? Caffeine is a stimulant. You are perhaps aware that caffeine is found in a lot of beverages that we drink, teas, coffees, lattes, matchas. Um, It is in some foods, right? So coffee beans, Uh, And when I say coffee beans, I actually mean cocoa beans. um, So in chocolate, and then you can also get caffeine through some medications or other over-the-counter supplements and and pre-workouts. But again, so as a stimulant, caffeine is impacting your nervous system. The FDA here in the US advises that you don't Consume over 400 milligrams per day of caffeine. That comes out to about four to five cups of coffee because there's just less than probably 100 milligrams of caffeine in each cup. Um, But, you know, the interesting thing too is that over 90% of American adults consume coffee every day, or rather, consume caffeine every day. That was a surprise to me. I think that really just goes to show how much a part of culture uh, caffeine consumption can be now it's important to note that when it comes to caffeine caffeine can impact different people in different ways right you probably have a friend who drinks one coffee in the afternoon and is up all night or maybe you yourself you feel like you can drink caffeine you know drink an espresso martini at 9 p.m and have no problems falling asleep there is somewhat of a um I guess, genetic component as well as just what is the health of your body and your body's ability to metabolize and process the caffeine. I want to make my recommendation or I guess provide this information to you all on how caffeine can impact your hormones specifically when it comes to your menstrual cycle. So I'll start just by kind of giving these parameters for maybe when caffeine would be acceptable to consume. So if you're somebody who feels like you have balanced hormones, you feel energized and you feel good all day long, you're not needing caffeine, essentially. And if you are getting great sleep, you have no problems falling asleep, you have no problems with getting up in the morning and feeling well rested, then I think that caffeine can be something that you can use, whether it's just you love the taste of coffee and that's a part of your social calendar or otherwise. But and you'll hear me mention this a couple of more times probably still, I think it's important to use caffeine as a tool for you. And instead of like, you know, letting it run you and and decide for you when you're going to consume it, if you know what I mean. So that being said, let me talk about how caffeine can impact some of your hormones. So you may want to limit caffeine consumption if you're somebody who's experiencing high estrogen levels or Estrogen excess, estrogen dominance. We talk about it in a couple of different ways, and there's nuances for each. But by and large, if you have higher levels of estrogen than desired, that can be problematic with caffeine because both caffeine and estrogen can require the same enzyme to do the metabolization of them. And so, you know, if your body is trying to metabolize both caffeine and estrogen, then it's probably not able to metabolize as much estrogen as you might want it to in order to have that proper hormone balance. And that can, of course, lead to uh, further exacerbation of estrogen excess. A quick reminder, um, estrogen excess can present in symptoms such as heavy periods or heavy bleeding, um, cramping, or excess... Pain from periods, as well as um, breast tenderness and PMS, those sort of symptoms that you may experience in the seven to 10 days before your cycle, before your bleed begins again. Whether or not you have ex- estrogen excess, in the second half of your cycle, which would be between ovulation and the start of your bleed, that's when your body is going to be doing more of that estrogen metabolism. So you might want to consider limiting or eliminating your caffeine consumption during the second half of your cycle. The other main hormone that I think about when it comes to caffeine consumption is cortisol. So cortisol is our stress hormone and consuming caffeine is going to raise that stress hormone, raise your cortisol levels. Now, if you've been with me before, then you've probably heard me talk about the fact that high cortisol levels can negatively impact your overall hormone communication in your body. It just kind of gets things all gummed up and and communications aren't clear. And so that can have a follow-on effect on your estrogen levels or your ovulation and therefore progesterone. So without getting into all of the tiny, you know, nuanced details of that, the main takeaway for you is that if you have high levels of cortisol already because you're stressed, because you're running, you know, you're preparing for a marathon, maybe your body is just under more stress, and then you're further elevating it with high levels of caffeine, then you're not really doing yourself any favors because that can just muddy the waters and have an impact on your ovulation. Remember that if you're not having, I guess, like a strong kind of normal healthy ovulation, then you're not able to produce as much progesterone as you would otherwise and progesterone is the hormone that is dominant during the second half of our cycle, the luteal phase. All of that being said, let me share with you a little bit more about how I use caffeine. When I'm in the first half of my menstrual cycle, so that is the follicular phase or for me this is between days cycle days 1 and normally cycle days 17, I will consume caffeine sparsely. If I go out to a coffee shop, I'll normally get decaf or I have decaf coffee beans here at home because, like I've mentioned, I like to use caffeine as a tool. So if I were to be, you know, doing a late night road trip or a road trip in the dark because your girl will fall asleep right away. I get so sleepy if I'm driving at night. Um, But, you know, then I would use caffeine to actually help keep me awake, despite the fact that that might, um, you know, impact my sleep that night, because I think we can all agree that that's uh, a better option than driving while sleepy. So anyway, I'll use caffeine in that way. But when I'm making my coffee at home or when I'm out and about, I'll always ask to see what is a sugar-free option that they have. If I'm going to get a syrup, like some sort of latte, and I want the caramel syrup, I'll always opt for whatever is sugar-free because, of course, I'm trying to avoid the glucose spikes that can occur if I'm having a really sugary drink. I will also, when I do have caffeine, I will always pair it with or have it after I've had like a good breakfast. So as always focusing on a breakfast that's high in protein and high in fat. Really what I eat the most at home here is an egg and veggie scramble or I'll make avocado toast a lot too. So I wake up, I have my breakfast, then I have caffeine if I'm going to have caffeine or I'll normally opt for decaf. Guys, somebody let me know if you think otherwise, but To me, decaf tastes just the same. The process that they take the coffee beans through to remove the caffeine, it doesn't, you know, it's, um, what am I trying to say? Well, let me just rewind because I, you know, thought about this probably a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, Bridget, for somebody who loves to eat or avoid eating processed foods, what is decaf? Like, how do you just take the caffeine out? But it's just kind of a simple process, it seems, of them soaking the beans, uh, warming the beans, the caffeine, uh, like I think it said 97% of the caffeine approximately is removed, and then they go on roasting the beans just like they would in a normal process. So something to consider. Give it a try. Really, all of this information is here for you so that you can just arm yourself with whatever will work for you. It's all about understanding your body and being aware of how this affects you. So, what I want you to do this week or this month or for forever is just notice when you when you do go grab a coffee or a tea, why are you grabbing the coffee or tea? Like why are you going for the caffeine? And then after you're consuming it, how do you feel? Does it ever make you feel more anxious or especially during maybe more stressful times in your life or in your week? Is that Further exacerbating your anxiety and your stress because how can you change your caffeine intake in order to better support your overall mood, your overall day, life, and goals? So, I hope this was helpful for you today. Again, just to really sum it up in two sentences, my recommendation when it comes to caffeine would be if you have a healthy hormone balance, if you're feeling good in your body, you're feeling well rested, then Consume caffeine in moderation, but in a way that is going to be helpful for you and advantageous for you. If you are working on improving your hormone health and you have imbalances, especially in estrogen and in cortisol levels, then I think it's probably good to take a pause, take a beat, uh, opt for decaf in the meantime. And then once you have everything under control and your hormones are in a healthier way, then come back to the caffeine when it works for you. If you are someone who is just at the beginning of your journey trying to understand what your body's signals are telling you, then why don't you look into my free downloadable on the five common signs of hormone imbalance. It's a quick guide. It'll talk you through the five most common signs and what you can do about them, a little bit about what they mean. And then That's just a good jumping off point to go from there and really understand what's going on in your bod. You can get this link in the show notes, or you can just head over to BridgetWalton.com slash Common Signs. One final thing that I want to tell you about today is the Encinitas Health and Wellness Expo that's taking place on Saturday, February 10th, 2024. If you are in the Southern California area and you're available on February 10th, come on out to the Health and Wellness Expo. I will be there as an exhibitor and I would love to connect with you. If you can't make it there in person, then why don't you connect with me on Instagram at Bridget Walton. If you learned something new in this episode today, why don't you go ahead and share it with a friend? Don't forget to subscribe and you can rate or review the podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who have done so already. I am so grateful for you listening and especially for those of you who have made it all the way to the end here. Thank you so much and I'll see you again soon.